0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, would you open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in the second Sunday of Advent, and today the theme is peace. And I'm not sure what the word peace means to you. Uh, I very helpfully, as I was preparing for my sermon this week, had an email from a large sportswear company Uh, Nike, I'll mention them, Uh, and uh, um, had an email from Nike and they said uh, that the title of the email was How to Find Peace on Earth. And they defined how to find peace on earth, of course, as buying a new coat, some new sportswear, a new pair of sneakers, running shoes, trainers, whichever part of the world you're in, you'll call them different things, and going for a hike in the wilderness. And that, according to their marketing department, is how you find peace on Earth in the second week of Advent. And there's some truth in there. Uh, Any of you who've managed in these last few days to get away into a wilderness or a space will know uh, that they can be extremely peaceful places. Conversely, with all the indoor things being closed and the only things being outdoor ones that are open, uh, you can find yourself going to find peace on earth uh, at a park and uh, everyone else has the same idea. And you stand there discussing with the people you've gone with why is it so busy? It never used to be this busy. Uh, we found ourselves doing that this week. Perhaps you have too. But it's interesting, as Nike said, head out to the wilderness to find peace on earth, that in the second week of Advent, we begin to look towards uh, John the Baptist and to hear about John for a couple of weeks. John the Baptist, at the start of Mark's gospel, is one who comes. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. The start of Mark's gospel echoing the reading that we heard from Isaiah chapter 40. John, the baptizer, as he is more uh, accurately translated, came to prepare the way for Jesus. And the way of Jesus was a way of peace. As we look at the place where Jesus came in the world, it's not a place that we'd think of along with that word peace and so jesus came the prince of peace into a land that has and continues to be a land of conflict and trouble and so verse 4 of john of mark chapter 1 john the baptist appeared in the wilderness with his Nike running shoes and coat. No, he didn't. You'll know, uh, I'll get to that in a minute, what he wore, but uh, he appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever I preach on Mark chapter one and John the Baptist in the context of baptism, uh, I, I like to talk about where the word baptism comes from. The word baptism from the Greek baptizō meaning to to wash to clean. This week I finally decided it was time to baptize the car meaning I washed it. I'm not very good at washing the car. I mean in two senses. One, because generally I can't be bothered, and secondly, because I tend to miss a bit. Uh, and so I was washing the car just as it was getting dark, and I decided there's a bit more sunlight left, a couple more days before the rain's coming in here. Uh, so I'm going I'm to wash the car. I'm going to baptize it. And then, of course, uh, the next day, I saw all the pieces that I'd missed. But when we think of John the baptizer, he came to wash away and the reality is, uh, when, when he, he talks to so Mark, confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. As we look for peace in a troubled world, as we look for peace in this second week of Advent, we look to John the Baptist. He came baptizing, washing away, cleaning, Symbolically, in the River Jordan, they were physically washed. But spiritually, the cleaning is of washing away sin. We often don't like to talk about sin in the church these days. But the reality is that we all know that we're sinful people. We fall short. Anyone who doesn't fall short, write your name in the comments and you'll soon see everyone else telling you that yes, you probably do. It's the reality. We fall short of the glory of God. Or we're deluded. We fall short of God's glory. And that's what sin is. It's that separation between God and us. As we look to find peace, whether we find peace walking out on the dikes, walking out in a park, up in the Golden Ears on a hike, as we look to find peace, from the busyness of the season. It's the peace in our hearts that we talk about today. And the peace in our hearts comes from knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that that sin, that separation between God and us, that we all deal with as a reality. To lesser or greater extents do we feel it, but we all deal with that same reality that we're separated from God because we're human beings. And so the peace that we talk about in Advent is that peace of knowing that we're forgiven. That all those things that we do wrong and have done wrong and will done wrong are washed away in the river of baptism. Unlike when I wash my car and the next day I always see the bit that I missed when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to being baptized as Christians, God doesn't miss anything. Every little mark, every little scratch is wiped away. That's the peace that comes this Advent as we look to Jesus coming coming in Bethlehem at Christmas, coming again, in the second advent, the second coming that we look forward to. Many people will will long for the day when that second coming happens. You know, get a move on. Come on, Jesus. Would you return quickly before our next annual meeting? I don't want to have another one. Will you come quickly before I have to do this or that again? Will you come quickly because this virus is getting us down? And yet, It's in this season, it's in this waiting, it's in this strangeness that John comes and says, prepare a way for the Lord. Prepare a way for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I said I'd get back to what John wore, and as you know, uh, if you've heard this before, Mark 1 verse 6, he wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. Sorry, Nike, it wasn't your ACG gear, as good as that may be. He wore what he found. And he ate what he found. He ate locusts and wild honey. We were having a conversation just this morning at the breakfast table. Had I ever seen a cricket was the question I was asked. And I immediately thought of all the times I preached on Mark chapter 1 and how locusts are a bit like crickets. And I imagined dipping my locusts into some honey and eating it. Personally, I'll stick with my shreddies. Thank you very much. But John was there in the wilderness and he was a man who was at peace He was at peace with who he was. He was just living out there. He didn't have the emails coming in, 20 or 30 a day selling him things that he should buy in time for Christmas. But the true peace that John bought was that peace of knowing he was preparing the way for Jesus. His message said, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we know all these years later uh, what it can feel like when we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, when we're washed, drenched with the Holy Spirit. Unlike when I wash my car and I miss a bit, it was on the trunk this time, incidentally, when the Holy Spirit washes us He gets all of us. And that is how we find peace this Advent. And it may help to take ourselves away into the wilderness. Take a granola bar, then you won't need to eat the crickets that you find on the ground. But get into the wilderness. And that wilderness doesn't even need to be out anywhere. It can just be where you are when you take time to sit and switch off from the world. Because the truth is there is a relationship between the kind of peace that we find in the world when we leave it behind for an hour or a day and the peace that Jesus brings. Because we have to stop. We have to stop being so wrapped up in our smartphones, and I'm preaching to myself here, in our smartphones and our computers and our iPads and our emails and our television screens. We have to switch all that off and disconnect sometimes, in order to hear Jesus. I remember many times driving on the M25 motorway. If you've ever uh, driven from Heathrow Airport on the M25 motorway, if you've ever visited England, or maybe you live there, uh, you'll know the bridge I'm talking about. Uh, It's a bridge that was built in about 1902, and uh, they did a great job when they built this bridge because they, they they didn't seem to know that many years later it would be turned into a highway bridge. And the arches of the bridge uh, were perfectly designed to fit three carriageways of of cars, and then with the meridian uh, in the middle, so you get one arch with three lanes, and uh, then the, then the pillar and another arch, and the cars going the other way. Why do I mention this bridge? Because on this bridge, some graffiti artists, and I don't want to um, support graffiti on the railways because I spent years uh, seeing the cost of it, um, but uh, this, this bridge is interesting nonetheless. Uh, I, some graffiti artists had painted somehow on this, on this old viaduct, uh, on the side of the railway and above the highway. Give peace a chance. Give Peace a Chance, of course, the 1969 John Lennon song. But in this version of Give Peace a Chance, and you'll go away and Google this later and see I'm not making this up, um, it wasn't originally peace, it was peas, P-E-A-S. What had happened is someone had written peas on the bridge, um, and then somebody else had come along and written give and a chance in front of it. And it stayed there for many, many years um, as as a, a famous landmark on the outskirts of London. Give peace a chance. We haven't got any canned laughter here today, so you'll just have to kind of mutter along where you are at my attempt at humor this morning. Um, Give peace a chance, P-E-A-S. Maybe give carrots a chance too. Uh, But giving peace a chance this Advent means stopping, means disconnecting, means getting, like John, into the wilderness, to prepare a way for Jesus' coming. Knowing that the peace that Jesus brings isn't about the clothes we wear or the food we eat, isn't about all the stuff that we might be preparing to do to try and make this Christmas as special as it can be, even though we can't do the things we normally do, the traditions we have. Giving peace a chance this Christmas, this Advent, means knowing that as we come to Jesus, As we confess our sin, our brokenness, and those times that we fall short, we can know that as in baptism, every part of our sin is washed away. The peace that passes understanding that comes from God is not about peace and quiet, it's about an internal peace about knowing that we're forgiven, knowing that we're cared for, knowing that we're loved by God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So my prayer for you in the second Sunday of Advent is that you would know that truth, that you're forgiven, loved, and cared for by God, and that you can take that peace into your week, whatever it may look like,